just before we get into today's episode. At the time of release, uh, the health measures because of the COVID-19 pandemic has restricted travel in the province of British Columbia between uh, certain health authorities. So at this time, we kindly ask that you respect the local uh, health authorities, stay home, and only do essential travel between health boards if absolutely necessary. However, you can still enjoy this episode and plan your trip soon. Thanks so much. Now let's get into it. This episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast has been made possible by the BC Ale Trail. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at the bcaletrail.ca. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. If this is your first time here, welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. And if you haven't already, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app. That way you'll never miss a future episode. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest and the North American continent. It's made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. And in this podcast series, I highlight the unique breweries around Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence in the international beer scene. In this episode, I've traveled to Kelowna to visit a brewery in a 100-year-old building. B&A Brewing opened their doors in 2015 and have gradually been expanding ever since. Not just a brewery, this building also houses a great eatery of theirs, as well as featuring an upstairs bowling alley. I sat down with one of the owners. Kyle Nixon, uh, president of B&A Brewing. Sweet. And how long has B&A been around? Uh, first day was, uh, June 1st, 2015. So that would make us just shy of five years or just, or sort of just a little over five years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, it's been an interesting 50 years. So. Yeah. This year, unlike any, I mean, like everybody, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to be, when we look back, it's going to be that one that I think is going to make a lot of these breweries and us, especially being more of a, you know, a food and beverage operation. Yeah. Uh, it's going to make us way better. It's going to make us all better at business, better at marketing, better at, you know, uh, preservation. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been thinking about it. It's like, it's uh, the year of recalibration, right? And it's like, what well, yep. wasn't working before? And totally. this, this is your opportunity to Dude, you nailed s- it. sort it out. Yeah. So. This is that time where I think everybody sat back and been reflective and uh, probably never been as close to their business. So I think it's good. I, I, you know, I say this about like music and art and stuff is I believe you know, I was just saying this the other day that like, I think we're going to see some of the best albums of all time, oh, some yeah. of the greatest movies. I think you've had these super creative, talented humans being locked up and just in their own mind. And I think the same goes for breweries. I I've, think there's I've gotten some previews from some friends of some tracks that are coming and I'm like, Ooh, yes, man. I know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah. it's the same with breweries. I think a lot of people have been able to like really look back and say, okay, where, where's this industry going? How, how can we be more effective? Where, what, yeah. what do, what do real fans of craft beer need or want? And yeah. uh, I think it's going to be kind of the golden age of beer coming. So. Yeah. And I mean, I was so happy that a bunch of loggers came out in the summer because, you know, shut down, just yep. check it in the tank, let it do its thing for totally yeah. yeah people weren't you know flipping as quickly as possible but you know i guess if you're a distribution brewery especially in bc you're probably doing pretty good yeah i think most of the breweries that like us that i mean we used to do probably well in this you know all together a year probably 60 percent in-house at 40 percent right 
out. So it's really changed our mindset into being like, okay, what does it look like to, to focus more on distribution? Because we just never really focus all that much energy no. on distribution. So uh, we'll see what the future what the future holds. Right. So, I mean, how did beer find you? It found me in college, yeah. like most people, you know, yeah. growing up, you know, high school and I played junior hockey and then I was lucky enough to get a scholarship, went down to Minnesota. And um, what was interesting was here, especially you can imagine when I graduated 99 to about 02, when I went down there, you know, my parents had started a crappery in 95. Mm -hmm. And even that seemed so radical yeah. in 95. And then- And which brewery was that? It was uh, the Black Mountain, the um, the schoolhouse pub in Black Mountain. Right. And it was a little brew pub and they did four beers and yeah, unfortunately didn't go super well due to a few things, but- It was uh, ahead of its time. It really was. It yeah. wood-fired pizzas oh, and craft beer. Totally ahead of its you time. You imagine that in 95? Yeah, I oh. think it was just, yeah, I think it was just the wrong place, unfortunately, but it was such a cool, like old, anyways, we can go down a rabbit hole, but it was yeah, really yeah. a cool schoolhouse where my family actually lived for a little bit, hundred years old, anyways. But, um, sorry, what were we going for? <laughs> so beer finding you. Yeah. You're, sure, in, yeah. So, you're in Minnesota. Minnesota, and yeah. it was just crazy because, you know, you start your drinking career in Canada and it was like Molson- Mm -hmm. Canadian and yeah. a few other things, but you go to a liquor store and it wasn't dead center, the crap beer. And then you go down to Minnesota and uh, something like um, the Sierra Nevada, it's front and center. You know, yeah, you yeah. got that and, you, you know, so you got all these, you know, classic, you know, classic craft American breweries and it's a thing there yeah. like on tap, on everywhere. People drink it. Um, it's not just Budweiser. So that, like your fat tires, your, you know, totally. your dog fish. Yep. Yeah. Boston so beer. all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sam Adams. Like, so I was just like, holy moly. And the, yeah. So like start the Sam Adams lager, that one was like a game changer for me, mm -hmm. just in a sense of, wow, this is like sweet and different and so much flavor. And I had the Sierra Nevada pale ale just really blew my mind. Yeah. And that I found that one in probably Oh four. So the year before I left mm -hmm. and you know, that really got me going. And then when I moved back here full time in Oh five, uh, I was just amazed at like, you know, the, the really big pale ale back then was spring, which was, you know, an English style and not nearly what Sierra Nevada is nothing yeah. against that beer, yeah, but, no, but it's an old school style English beer, which is great and people love it. But you know, for where my taste buds were going, I was like, no, not happening. Like mm -hmm. not what I'm looking for. Kept, and then, yeah, I remember, I think it was like, you know, I can't really remember the date, but you know, when Central City and uh, Phillips really started going, I was like, oh man, this is tangible. Like it, it always seemed to me in my mind, opening up a brewery is is just like a unicorn. Like it just seems so hard to do. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like, oh, it's only for a few people that could actually do it. So when I started being able to drink that beer and I seeing it and feeling it and then going to Vancouver and, you know, I think it was 2014, 2013 when Brassneck opened. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is like, yeah. this is doable. And like the alibi room down there. Yeah, yeah man, everything. Yeah. And, and then you, you, it kind of, you know what it's like. You you get a little, you get into that scene and then you, you learn more and more. Yeah. And then, you know, and that that was kind of where it all started. And then I would say, I would say by 2012, I, I knew I wanted to do it. And then by 2013, a year before we sold our other business, I started planning it. Right. So by 2012 was when I really was like, okay, this could be doable, but I didn't know anything about it. Right. So I just started reading. And so like we're in Kelowna and this is a massive space. Um, and so has it always been like this or was it smaller beforehand? Yeah. So we, there's been like three different, well, actually four phases of BNA and mm -hmm. it's just kept expanding, expanding, expanding. This honestly was 20. We had just finished our expansion. So 2020 was the first year we had no expansion plans. Right. And, you know, but we didn't have COVID plans. So that was the change, <laughs> yeah. but we, it was the first year since we opened in 2015, we had, we had expanded every year, some form yeah. expanding at BNA. And um, it, it's such a weird 
kind of like hamster wheel that you get on of of growth and expansion and growth and expansion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's been a really important lesson for my wife to be like, holy moly, when you're in that phase for five years to actually go the other way and yeah. say in, in the thing that, you know, in retrospect, I, when we were growing, we kept growing a lot of the, um, the eatery. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we would, we would have, of course, try to maximize as much brewing stuff as we could to fill that, yeah. but we never, you know, so it's kind of like a, a new opportunity now that we feel like we can spend a lot more time on our beer. We have no expansion plans, of course, for well, yeah, <laughs> who yeah. knows when. Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, but it, in terms of expansion of not your place in particular, yep. there's still apartments going up around oh, in this neighborhood, goodness, right? So, and I'm yeah. born and raised in Kelowna and yeah. this it's exciting to be part of the scene and exciting to be part of everything that's happening here. I think it was last year, like nine months ago. And I'm yeah. like, well, that building's new. So. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's crazy, especially yeah. downtown. And, you know, I would say like when we started, when we opened or started building this, we, we really looked at the site in 2013, signed the lease in 2014. You know, this was the edge of town. Like, yeah, there yeah, was this nothing, was the outskirts. This here, was, yeah. There was not yeah. much. Like I know Central, there's a little cool bar uh, restaurant down here and they, yeah. they, you know, were waving the flag, you know, probably a year before us. And that was like way off the beaten path. So, you know, this has definitely been one of those cool things to be in the middle of now, what's going to be kind of the downtown core. Yeah. Well, you built it and now they're coming. <laughs> <right? So. laughs> I like to, be, like to be part of it. Yep. Right. So uh, what exactly is it uh, that you like to focus on with your beers here? Is there like a core lineup or is it just kind of very seasonal? Like what, what do you like to do here? Well, we, we definitely did a core lineup and, you know, that was always kind of something we were fixated on was making sure that people could come back for that same beer. So we didn't, you know, but in saying that, uh, we, we also did do tons of experimental beers and things like that. But we, because we package about four or five of our beers, it kind of handcuffed us mm -hmm. to, to always, because in the summer our capacity ramped up so much. So yeah. it kind of, it didn't allow us in the summer's to probably play around with as many different styles and recipes as we would have liked yeah. just due to, you know, due to my direction of saying, well, we need these core beers, we're packaging them and I want them on tap. Mm -hmm. um, so I think going forward, you know, we're going to, we're going to take a step back from some of our core beers. I think there might only be, which has been our core beers. Now we may only have one or two. So we're going to do a lot more experimental stuff and we're going to play around with a lot of different things and not be so uh, handcuffed to what we did before and what we uh, thought we needed to do. Right. So if we, you, you know, it, this is down the track, obviously, but when we get back to somewhat of a normalized mm -hmm. situation, you know, would you still consider packaging or like, were you guys that busy in the tasting room that you could not meet packaging, you know, like a year ago or is, are you always going to package? Oh, we're always, yeah, yeah, I think more so we're going to, we're going to package more mm -hmm. and we're going to find ways to, to, to brew more, to, to try to get more beer out. But packaging is definitely going to be, we're going to, we're going to kind of go in a different direction with packaging and, mm -hmm. and how we've done it currently. We're going to change a lot about it. And, and and really just try to push push that ship forward uh with that uh what it, what's your eatery and like what is what is it like to focus on and pair with beers so. it's it's been fun and it's kind of allowed us to you know it's it's kind of that thing where unfortunately due to this summer just due to the unknown every single day we went to work my wife and i it was just the unknown of mm -hmm. are we open tomorrow yep. you know what what new protocols and things so unfortunately we didn't get to just feel like super creative this summer and be like oh man let's and, and, you know, be collaborative more with our chefs. When we first opened, we were super collaborative with our chefs in a sense of pairings and things like that. As a, you know, an entrepreneur who kind of has everything riding on this place, it was a scary summer and, oh yeah, you know, but it was also one of those opportunities that if you had a crystal ball and you knew kind of like, hey man, it's going to be, it's going to be hard. It's going to be different, uh, but you're going to get through it. 
I think it would have at least, you know, eased our, you know, volcano of uh, anxiety in our heads yep. um, and allowed us to do more. So what we're excited now is, is come, you know, November, or we're going to do a lot more beer paired stuff and, and get back to the fun. That was why we started this business. Yep. But when we got into this like hamster wheel of growth and it kind of let us away from that a little bit. So mm -hmm. it's kind of exciting. We, we got some really fun stuff planned. And, uh, you know, I think beer and food is probably my first true love when it came to beer. I loved everything that beer and food brought together and yeah. conversation and experiences. And, uh, you know, I think to be able to try to bring that to our customers more, I think, uh, hopefully they'll appreciate it. Yeah. Just want to take a moment to talk about the BCL trail and thank them again for making this episode possible. And now you can also download the BCL trail app. The BCL Trail showcases many parts of the province on their website, and you'll find recommended itineraries for each region, a comprehensive list of every craft brewery in BC, a calendar of beer events, and a blog with lots of great stories. The regional ale trails include local breweries, pubs, and restaurants, along with other activities the area has to offer. The app gives users the ability to collect rewards by visiting the breweries and related businesses or events, which can be redeemed for merchandise and other discounts at participating locations. So whether you're planning a weekend trip or just being a tourist in your own backyard, let the BC Ale Trail guide you to your next beer adventure. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at the bcltrail.ca. And then the one uh, feature too that I like about here is the bowling alley upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how many lanes? Over we, there? we got six lanes, so three in use at the moment, but we have six lanes. And uh, that's another one, man. It's like one of those things that it's like, it's fun to have a few beers and, and roll some rocks. It's yeah. just like, just kind of like our bocce court. It was always something that I like to do is if I'm going to be doing something active, I want to have a beer yeah. that makes any sense at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the pandemic hits, I mean, I, did you flip to a takeaway service real quick and like, what, what, no, you didn't. No, 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 we didn't, man. It, it was too, uh, you know, I felt like, and this is by no fault to government or anybody as this was like a first for all of us, but you know, it was too scary for us. Like we, we had never done, our business was really like big groups and mm -hmm. bowling and busy, you know, kind of late night it, stuff. At least five people, right? Like, yeah. So like, it was, it was just hard. People don't understand to even do a, a takeout program. Uh, when we didn't really ever focus on it, we didn't have a big takeout. We didn't do Grubhub or whatever those things are called. We never yep. do any of those. So for us, it was, it was super intimidating to think about to go because I'm like thinking, okay, well, you know, we're going to have to, you know, employ a bunch of people to do this. And what happens if people don't want to go or we're not very good at it? Or, yeah. man, I also think you got to be careful too, because I always think like short-term success, long-term failure in a sense yeah. that you, you you put something that somebody's had in like inner eatery and it was great. And, you know, they get this thing and it's 30 minutes later and it's not how they imagine. They're like, yeah. well, I don't need to go back for that. Yeah. So, you know, that, that worries me too. So, yeah. uh, we guess that's another thing. Presentation is all about food too. Right? Everything, like, man. Yeah, and, yeah. and hot and, um, what, what sits. So we've been planning our to-go menu and we're going to, we're going to launch it in two weeks. So we've been really thoughtful uh, and mindful on how we do this. Cause if, if we're going to give you an experience at home, we want to make sure that it's an experience that you're going to say, Holy, that was an, that was great. I can't wait to do that again. Sweet. And you know, sometimes I get to go stuff and I'm like, mm, I don't need to do that again. Right. So we want to do, if we're going to do it, we wanted to, so we've kind of invested in so, some of the right equ uh, equipment, some of the right boxes and to go bags and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, and then uh born and raised in Kelowna, uh, what are your favorite activities do here in the city? Jeez. I, I like, when I grew up, I'm not like one of those, like, I'm not a huge, unfortunately not a lifestyle person. So my life has always been like, what was hockey? And then right after hockey was work. Uh, but luckily been with my wife, we've been together since high school. 
and we have three daughters. So I feel like when we are off work, um, it's just trying to find stuff to do with them and, mm-hmm. and try to keep keep them busy in their activities and and do stuff as families. And I'm lucky because I have siblings and parents here. And yeah. so it's it's a lot of family stuff. I don't have, you know, you know. But mag- there's a lot of easy bike trails here though. There right? is, so, oh yeah. yeah, no, no, there is. Yeah. I, my wife actually was just saying the other day, we really got to get bikes for our family. And mm-hmm. um, so it's something that now my kids, my youngest is five. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be something fun to do. And we just haven't found like, when you get a family, we haven't found that like family activity yet right. that we all do. So I think biking could be it or, or right. I know my wife hiking. So we, we're getting close to it. My youngest, it was always that thing where you always kind of had, I felt like for the last, you know, 10 years, we've always had a three-year-old. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard to, to try to conquer on too much when, yeah. you know, you know. But also like you've had other things too, right? You've like growing and expanding here, right? Yeah. So, it's been my yeah. kids, man. I, I can't say this enough, especially during COVID have just been so patient and kind with us. And, you know, it's been, uh, you know, I'm kind of inspired by them because they just get it and they, they care and they, they were always up to come here and never complained. And they kind of saw or knew without us being too serious with them that this was kind of an important summer that we had to be here. So, uh, I think bikes are in their future and something fun for a family activity. So, right. And then B and a what's behind the name. So our building was built originally. Our name was going to be called Chico's, which is a long story due to hockey, but also because that first beer that blew my mind was a Sierra Nevada pale ale brewed in Chico, California. Yep. So long story to tell people and people weren't really get it. They kept thinking it was going to be a Mexican joint. So, but when we did, when my wife and I would go to the uh, museum, and we'd ask about, you know, the history on this building. They, they always refer to it as the B&A building. We always liked the B&A, the B&A. So when we actually asked what it was, it was built, this building was built 100 years ago by the British North American Tobacco Company. Right. So super cool history. And actually, when you walk in the front door, there's this like really slick looking cowboy. His name's Louis Holman. And that was the guy that actually built it. Right. Um, so yeah, some cool history. So we just went with kind of the whole history thing. And so our technical name is British North American Brewing. Right. We go by BNA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no British or no Americans involved, huh? So no, no, exactly. (laughs) Exactly, man. Uh, Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much. Big thank you to Kyle to his time. Really appreciate it. Hey, uh, it's a great spot. Food there's great. Had dinner there that night. Uh, and of course, the beers are fantastic too. Um, and yeah, it's it's one of the many places I like to frequent when I uh, am able to travel up and visit Kelowna. Big thanks again to the BCL Trail for making this episode possible. You can find out more about them at bcltrail.ca. If you want to follow me on social media, you can at Cascadian Beer Podcast on Instagram and at Cascadian Beer on both Facebook and Twitter. For previous episodes and more information, you can head to the website, which is cascadian.beer. Really hope you enjoyed this episode. I had fun making it, and I really do appreciate your time. And until next time, remember, support your local. <laughs>